Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Africa in Focus with myself, Kwame, Ghanaian journalist, broadcaster, writer, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this week's episode of Africa in Focus, it's another special, The Uprising in Niger, Matters Arising. Okay, so that's the topic for discussion this week, Uprising in Niger and Matters Arising. So before we get into podcast, just to let you know, this is our, lab, our last podcast for some time because we were taking a short break. Uh, we've been doing podcasts basically virtually once a week since January. So I'll be taking a short vacation. And the next podcast, unless there's anything uh, important happens, will be on Monday, August 28th. So that's going to be the next podcast that you hear from me, bar when anything happens, August 28th. All right, so uh, before we get into the podcast, just to make you aware that the podcast has been sponsored by Grace Me Ghana. Grace Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to help uh, Ghanaian farmers develop their produce and also allow Ghana to become food sufficient. And so if you want to sponsor a Ghanaian farmer, I will leave you the link to Grow For Me Ghana in the footnotes to the podcast all right and if you like the podcast please share to your friends your family your social media networks uh subscribe to the ghana stroke africa in focus podcast you can go on spotify and follow me meaning that every time i upload a new podcast it automatically comes to your feed all right so we we want to get 400 subscribers or followers by end of august so we've got 333, so that's not too bad. And so thank you to all those who have followed me on Spotify. So it's nothing, doesn't cost anything to follow me on Spotify. Just look for the Ghana Stroke Africa in Focus podcast on Spotify and follow. All right, and also if you want to do business in Ghana, you're wanting to buy a property, buy land, what have you, uh, then you can book your consultation with myself. And we'll give you lots of valuable information and also signpost to a lot of people that can help you in your uh, journey in Ghana. All right, so I'll leave you my email link to the footnotes to the podcast. And if you want to, like I said, book your consultation, just email me and we can get you booked into. All right, so uh, let's start this uh, podcast. Uprising in Niger, matters arising. So... In the last few days, uh, in the Western media, there's been a lot being said about the, uh, they call it coup, but I rather call it uprising in Niger by some, um, you know, renegades of the Niger army. All right, so all that I've said in the Western, Western media, as usual, is that there's a coup, so-called coup. But they don't tell you what is behind the coup? Why there's an uprising in Niger? All right. So before I get to that point, it's not just Niger that has staged a, a quote-unquote coup in the last uh, couple of years. So in the last couple of years, we've seen three other African countries, Guinea-Bissau, which is Portuguese-speaking, uh, then Mali and Burkina Faso, which are both French-speaking, have staged coups 
in the last two years or so. <clears throat> and now we see <clears throat> and now we see uh, Niger, a coup besieged in Niger. So Niger will make it the fourth country in West Africa and the third, which is French-speaking. And so it's quite ironic that three out of the four coups that have happened in West Africa have been by French-speaking countries. And that should explain to you why there's a coup in Niger, and particularly French-speaking countries. So as I mentioned in my uh, podcast uh, during the uprising in France, yeah, I told you briefly that France, you know, gets a lot of its wealth today from those 14 African countries that it can So most of you French people, whether you're Africans or European, living in France, you don't appreciate that the wealth that France enjoys was predicated on A, France's involvement in the enslavement of African people, and secondly, B, most importantly, that in the aftermath of enslavement, <clears throat> in the aftermath of enslavement, you know, France colonized uh, 14 African countries and imprisoned them at A, a French colonial tax, and also a wicked uh, arrangement uh, that was ushered in by Charles de Gaulle. Okay, so moving on, the reason why, now let's get to the reasons why um, this is the third uprising in a French-speaking African country is precisely because of impoverishment. These countries, French-speaking countries, have been impoverished by France. Yeah, so Burkina, Mali, and Niger have been impoverished by France under this so-called French colonial agreement that allows France to steal, now check this, France loots 1.5 trillion euros a year out of those 14 African countries, yeah? And also, as part of that wicked French colonial agreement, all those countries have to deposit 95% of their earnings in the French treasury. Added to that, yeah, France has the first say, or in, essentially, France owns all the mineral resources of these countries. So Mali has a lot of gold that is owned not by Malian people, not by the Malian state, but by France. Gabon is an oil-rich state, but that oil is not owned by the Gabon or their people. It's owned by the French. And now Niger, you see Niger, Again, many of you may not be aware of this, but Niger is one of the world's biggest producers of enriched uranium. Now, enriched uranium is where it's needed for nuclear power. So France is a big nu nuclear power because of the enriched uranium that is stolen from Niger. Okay? And there's a company called Ariva, which is a French company that is one of the biggest uh, nuclear uh, companies in the world. In actual fact, most of the electricity generated in France is nuclear energy that comes from Ariva. Okay? And I know that in the UK, Ariva also own a couple of uh, power stations or nuclear stations that also supply the UK with electricity. 
So Ariva is a dominant player in the power industry, which needs enriched uranium by Niger in order for France to generate that power that it has for itself and also that it also uh, has to other countries like Britain. And so this is the crux. This, this, this is the undergirding. This is the foundation of the military takeover or uprising that has created the coup that we see today in Niger. The ordinary people in Niger are frustrated, yeah, and are angry with the French because the French has impoverished and stolen and looted the wealth of that country, yeah. And so, before the coup took place, there was many, many uh, protests and demonstrations against, you know, the French rule, and like with other French-speaking African countries, they put a dictator somebody that will say yes to French interest in as president. And so we so we saw with President Bagroom, who was the current president of Niger, who was overthrown by the military in the prison uh, a week or so ago. Okay? And like I said, the foundation from that is the impoverishment of Mali by the French that has created the impoverishment that we see in Niger. Okay? So this explains the uh, uprising that you have seen across your uh, screens in the mainstream media over the last 10 days or so. That is the root of the coup in Niger. And again, I'll drop you the link to that French cleaning agreement in the footnotes of this podcast so that you can investigate it for yourself. So Africa, as I mentioned before, Africa is very important for France because even the former French president, not Jacques Chirac, but Francois Mitterrand, who was French president between 1981 and 1995, he said way back in 1957 that without Africa, France would slide to a realm of a third world state. I'm going to repeat that again. Francois Mitterrand said, in 1957, that without Africa, France would slide to the realm of a third world country. And this is why that wicked man, Charles de Gaulle, came up a year later in 1958 with this wicked French colonial agreement to milk these countries like Burkina Faso, like Togo, like Cameroon, like, like Guinea Conakry, like Mali, like Niger, milk these countries as part of these uh, colonial agreements, whilst at the same time leaving those countries impoverished. And now we see that, you know, uh, Russian forces, primarily Wagner, uh, are now, you know, uh, trying to assert their authority in Niger. But you see, there's a couple of things on this whole Niger issue that we need to be very circumspect about and that we need to take a critical eye and the critical analysis on. So, those army officers who have staged this coup in Niger, don't forget they're part of the government uh, uh, um, fabric, because the military is part of the government fabric. So, all those military officers who now uh, govern Niger, 
do they have the same spirit of the, of the Odin people? Because we know the Odin people, yeah, are against French domination in their country. But can the same be said for the military who have taken over? Do they have the same uh, mindset as the ordinary Guineans? So the, yeah, the ordinary Nigerians who are sick and tired of the fact that France has looted their country, you know, for more than 400 years, if you include enslavement and colonization and today neo-colonization. And Dr. Kwame Nkrumah warned of this neo-colonization in that classic famous book that he wrote in 1965 called Neo-Colonialism, the last stage of imperialism. And since so-called independence from Niger, that's what you've had. You've had neo-colonialists who have done the bidding and bet and the baiting of the French. Yeah. And so we must need to, we must answer or ask the question: do these military people have the same spirit? as the population of Niger. That's one. Two, Russia's involvement in this. So now you see how people in Niger carry uh carry you know Russian flags and singing pro-Russian uh you know kind of um songs here. But to my Nigerian sisters and brothers, do you really want to swap one imperialist for another, Russia. Yeah, because let's not forget, you know, the Wagner group, which is obviously now disbanded, so, 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 so supposedly following that mutiny in Russia about a month or so ago. Yeah, they're operating in a lot of African countries. They're in Sudan, they're in the Central African Republic, uh, they're in Burkina Faso, they're in Mali. And are they? Do they really have the interest of Africa at heart? Those countries that they've they've gone to, do they really have interest of African people at heart? And like I said before, you know, even though some of you may say Russia didn't colonize Africa, Russia never enslaved any Africans, yeah, that may be true, but guess what? You know, Russia, Russia, Russia was also involved in the 1884-1885 billion Congress. And Russia is doing things not because they love African people, but it's because it is in, in their own geopolitical interest. That's why the army Wagner is in um, Niger. They've always, the Russians have always hated, you know, the Western dominance, the Western hegemony in the world, let alone Africa. And so by removing the French, you know, and put in place, you know, Wagner or i.e. Russia. But let's not forget Wagner is Russia. Russia is Wagner. Do we really want Russian people to rule that part of Africa? Because at the end of the day, I don't trust no white man. I don't care whether the British, Irish, German, French, Romanian, Bulgarian, Polish, Spanish, Portuguese, Dutch. They don't like black people. They don't like African people. All they want is what's in their interest. And so Russia, African people in Niger, you need to be, you need to be very, very be careful and very, very aware that you are singing Russia's praises, but do they have the interest at heart? And what really 
is the Russian agenda in Africa. Is it to create a Russian uh, neo-colonialism in Africa? Or is it to really help Africa to become truly free and truly emancipated from Western domination? That is the question we need to ask as African people of Russia's involvement in this cool, so-called, in Niger. Now, the African response has been predictable. So we've had ECOWAS, you know, that they've given, uh, you know, they've met, they've met about three times in the last 10 days, uh, Africa, uh, ECOWAS leaders, and then the ECOWAS military attaché, because there is some murmuring, some rumours that, you know, that ECOWAS plans to send a military force into uh, Niger to uh, reinstitute the 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 the, the, the government, and also, you know, the ECOWAS have wants to also impose sanctions on uh, Niger, and I'll come into those sanctions in a minute. But you know, ECOWAS trying to lay down an ultimatum is laughable. Because ECOWAS, you, you got no power. The only reason why, you know, ECOWAS soldiers went into um, Gambia when Yaya Jeme refused to stand down after that 2017 general election in the Gambia was because the British, they were the ones who, who were, uh, you know, influencing things behind the scenes. And they were the ones who advised or who suggested that ECOWAS stand in the military to get rid of Yaya Jeme in the Gambia. However, the Gambia is a small country. You know, the Gambia, you know, the Gambia is such a small country, you can walk from one part of Gambia to the other part. Niger, however, is a different ballgame altogether. Niger is a massive country. It's bigger, it's, it's, it's twice the size of France, yeah? And it's about 10 times the size of Britain. So Niger is not a small country. So if you send, if ECOWAS dares, Send the military, um, you know, the you know, ECOWAS military into Niger. There's going to be a bloodbath, and again, this is what the European wants: Africans killing Africans as part of a proxy war. Yeah, because if there is a a war in Niger, guess what? White people ain't gonna die. In actual fact, you know, uh, some European countries, like the French, like the Dutch like the Germans, have evacuated their citizens out of Niger. And so if, if, should there be some kind of civil war in Niger, innocent black children, black women and black men are going to die. Is this what ECOWAS wants? Hmm? And like I said, Niger is a very, very big country. It's not the Gambia. And so if, you, you, if, if ECOWAS dares to foment war, because it's been supported by, or it's been egged on by France and Britain and even the US and goes into Niger, then that is going to lead to a bloodbath that can only make the situation worse in uh, Niger, like we've seen in, um, you know, Libya, where, you know, after the remo removal of Gaddafi by Western forces, you know, Libya is now a bloodbath with uh, rival uh, groups trying to control parts of the country, whether it's Tripoli 
or whether it's some shit or whether it's another part of the country, Benghazi, whatever. And we see the chaos in Libya, including Africans, you know, sold into enslavement in Libya. And we know that in places like Tripoli and Benghazi, right, they are slave markets where Africans are sold like cattle. Yeah? And so, you know, ECOWAS, you should be very, very careful when you try and raise the stakes of saying that the, you know, that you're going to send in the military into a uh, member member country. It's very easy to get them in, but it can be very difficult to take them out. All right? And obviously, who, who do you think is going to supply the arms? Isn't it the same neocolonialists? The same colonists, whether it be the French, the British, the Americans, yeah. So another proxy war in Africa, like we've seen in South Sudan, where there's a proxy war between right rival factions like John Garan and and uh, and the other brother's name, rival factions in you know in South Sudan, that's had no stability since so-called independence in 2013, I believe. Same could happen in Niger. And obviously, if there is a civil war in Niger, Russia, via the Wagner forces, or the Wagner group, is also going to play you know, a role in that to safeguard its interests in Niger. Yeah? Because like I said, Russia are not in Niger for nothing. They're in there for their own purposes. And like I said, Niger is one of the biggest producers of uranium, which is a highly sought-after commodity, particularly when it comes to nuclear energy. And so Russia being there, that's what they want. And the reason why France also is making noise, trying to, you know, uh, feather their feathers in terms of encouraging uh, a rebellion by ECOWAS forces is because they also won that, ura that enriched uranium that they've had for the last 400 years. They want to keep hold of that uranium because that uranium is what gives them electricity in France. And so this is why France is against the surprising and against this cool because it is seen its interest, you know, particularly in Niger, fall apart. Yeah? So like I said, we've talked about the reason behind the cool. We've talked about the motive of Russia. We've talked about the, uh, you know, the danger or the threat of Russia being a new colonial power in Niger, in Africa. And we've talked about the uh, other countries that are also, uh, you know, have got rid of the French, you know, uh, dominance in their countries. And so, going forward, what should happen now in Niger is that if the, if the, if the military is sincere, because we need to keep an eye open, because we don't really know the agenda of, of the military, but the military is sincere and wants to wholeheartedly rid Niger of the French influence, it must do two things. One is to abandon that currency called the Sefa. Yeah? That is the African franc that was imposed on those 14 African countries in 1958. So it should it should it should get rid of that. One. Two, right, it should harmonize with Burkina Faso and Mali and from some kind of union, which is not beholden to France. 
And then three, it should then unite with those other radical member states of ECOWAS to form a proper regional sub-body, yeah? Because right now ECOWAS understands is, is, is just a talk shop. Because when we look at the single uh, West African passport, that's not working. When we, look at the, when we look at the proposed single currency for West Africa, that's not working. If you look at even trade amongst those uh, West African states, that is not as one would expect. And so, you know, ECOWAS as a body, you know, uh, for me, it, like the African Union, is bankrupt and inept, and there needs to be a new, you know, uh, West African community of states, you know, fronted in order to really make West Africa, you know, a, a dominant power within the African continent. And so for me, we need to be very, very mindful of this cool because we don't know what the real gender of the army is. Two, we can't trust any of the European powers because they want to keep their stronghold in Niger, particularly the French. Three, we can't trust the Russians because Russia does not like black people. And Russia has its own agenda in terms of its in, in terms of its, of its own, you know, security and national interest, and also its own desires on the African real estate. And like I said, Russia are in Mali, they're in Burkina Faso, they're in Central African Republic, and even uh, I believe the Sudan as well. Okay, so as African people, we should not be cheering for this this uprising that we see in Niger. Although there is a cause to cheer, however, like I said, we must remain cautious and really examine what the true agenda of this coup is. Is it really to rid Niger of France imperialism or French imperialism, or is it to replace French imperialism with Russian imperialism and control? Yeah? So that brings to an end uh, this edition of in South Africa, myself, Kwame, Ghanaian broadcaster, writer, journalist, and podcaster. And like I said, this is our last podcast for now until August 28th. And this is nothing, you know, special that needs to be said. I will not do a podcast until August 28th. So you've got uh, about three weeks until you hear from me again. I'll be going on my travels. And also, you know, You've got over 70 uh, pockets in the archives that you can listen to whilst I'm away. And like I say, if you like what you hear, uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your social media networks, subscribe to the Ghana Stroke Africa in Focus podcast. You can also follow me on Spotify. And if you are on Spotify, please let us have your uh, opinions. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Uh, and, you know, you can join in the discussion on Spotify as well. All right, and so this has been African Focus with myself, Kwame. Until the next edition of African Fo in Focus, look after yourselves, and we'll see you real soon for some more Africa in Focus. <laughs>